Hey everyone, before we get into this week's episode, I just want to let you know that we are sponsored today by Mr. Jim Lauderdale, who is about to release his 32nd studio album called From Another World. It sees him reuniting with the team behind his last album, Time Flies, which came out last year, uh, including the co-producer and bassist Jay Weaver and Grammy Award-winning engineer David Leonard, who's worked with the likes of Prince, John Mellencamp, and even Toto. It's a dynamic mix of solo gems and collaborations with such like-minded co-writers as country legend Melbourne Montgomery, award-winning producer-songwriter Buddy Cannon, and emerging Americana star Logan Ledger. It's a 12-song LP that represents Lauderdale's antidote to the anger and divisiveness of today's world. A world full of bad news and folks yelling at each other on CNN. This is music from another world, a world of empathy, love, forgiveness, and humility. And it comes out next Friday, June 21st. I can't wait for you to hear it, and I hope you enjoy the shit out of it. But right now, let's cross to today's episode. This episode of All My Friends Are In Bar Bands was recorded on the land of the Gadigal Wongo people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to elders past and present, and we acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded, and this always was, always will be, Aboriginal land. Enjoy the episode. What's up, everybody? Welcome back for another week of All My Friends Are In Bar Bands. You're here with me, David James Young, your boy, your, your close personal friend. I, I really do hope that you are doing well. I am very excited to be back, and I am very excited to be sharing this week's guest with you. It's Jake Webb. Uh, Jake Webb is a multi-instrumentalist, singer, songwriter, and the head of Perth indie pop Wunderkind's Methyl Ethel. They released a brand new album this year called Triage, and they are about to, literally just about to, head out on tour in support of it. I didn't know, Jake, this was another one that was set up thanks to uh, all the legends over at Remote Control Records. Uh, Again, huge, huge thank you for the hookup on this one. Jake was really, really cool. Uh, Yeah, really interesting guy with uh, some cool takes on just the the way that the industry works and... uh, the way that his band has evolved, etc. And uh, yeah, it was a cool kind of getting to know you kind of thing for me. Uh, it was especially interesting because, yeah, like I I wouldn't have considered myself like a methyl ethyl expert. I knew the big songs, obviously, but uh, a lot of stuff I didn't know. So uh, this was a real uh, intrinsic part of me getting to know the, the nuts and bolts of everything that goes on with this particular band and this particular album especially. Huge thanks as always to Mr. Adam Buncher for helping to engineer this one. Huge thank you to Charlie Ellison for helping to liaise this and make it happen in the first place. And of course a huge thank you to Jake for taking the time to chat to me. Now, if you are interested in seeing Methyl Ethel on tour, then here are your dates 
tomorrow, uh, if you're listening to this the day it comes out, Saturday the 15th of June, kicking it off with a hometown show in Perth. That's taking place at the Astor Theatre, and that bad boy is completely sold out. Uh, on the 20th and the 21st of June, the band are going to be playing in Melbourne for two nights at the Forum. Uh, the 21st is sold out, but there are still tickets available for the show on the 20th. Sydney on June the 22nd, that's a Saturday night, and that's going to be at the Enmore Theatre. Adelaide uh, coming through on the 27th of June. That's a Thursday night. And that is going to be in the main room of the Gov. And last but not least, Brisbane on the 28th and the 29th of June. Two nights at the Trifford. And both of those shows are sold out. So, if you are in Adelaide or Sydney or Melbourne, then this is your final ticket warning. Make sure you get on that shit and make sure you get yourself to the Methyl Ethel Tour. It's gonna be an absolute hoot. I cannot wait. In the meantime, if you would like to get in touch, you can do so by hitting me up at barbandspod at gmail.com. B-A-R-B-A-N-D-S-P-O-D. You can also get us at Twitter... Uh, and Facebook at Barbands Pod. All my friends are in Barbands.com. If you like what you hear, you can help to support the podcast by spreading the word, uh, telling some friends about it. Maybe you've got some Methyl Ethyl fans uh, in your immediate circle of friends. Let them know what we're doing over here. Uh, and don't forget, if you really want to support the podcast, you can do that by uh, rating on whatever platform that you get your podcast from, uh, reviewing over on Apple Podcasts, and subscribing. All of that uh, is a massive, massive boost, and it helps a lot. And if you want to go even one step further and help to support this podcast and myself from a financial standpoint, then you can do so by heading over to my Patreon page. Uh, that will give you access to bonus content, new reviews, uh, a weekly column that I'm doing, uh, and updates on everything uh, that I'm doing in the creative world, whether that be writing or songwriting or performing or podcasting or anything. It is your one-stop all access pass to everything that I'm working on and I would love to have you as a part of that group. As always, I want to give a huge, huge shout out and an endless amount of thanks to the patrons that are helping to keep the lights on over at Barbands HQ. So, once again, all my love in the world to Amy Gray, Blake Hennequin, Chris Bowden, Dave McCarthy, David Armstrong, Eleanor Shepard, Elliot J. O'Neill, Eloise Young, Heath Anthony, Jeremy Dillon, Jeremy Neal, Jonathan Elvery, Leslie Bowden, Liam Sherlaw, Matthew Lynch, Nick Johnson, Paddy Abelos, Sian Vanakudi, and Will McDougall. If you would like to join this list of certified, quantifiable, unfathomable legends, then you can do so by heading over to patreon.com slash David James Young. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash David James Young. Alright party people, get your dancing shoes on and don't forget to go and cut your hair because you want to look your best with Jake Webb from Methyl Ethyl.
David Chim Chung and all my friends from Bar Bands. Today I'd like to introduce you to my friend Jake Webb. Hello. How are you? Very well. How are you? I'm not too bad, man. I'm not too bad. It's Friday afternoon. We are in Sydney. Uh, and Jake is here on a well-known promotional run uh, for the new Metal Ethel record, which is out today, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That must be a relief. Uh, yeah, you bet. <laughs> Much uh, big relief. I think. I think. Like, I don't really know what it. What it, it kind of gets me, catches me off guard sometimes. Of yeah. how I'm gonna kind of feel about it. Yeah, totally. It's that. Oh, that purgatory between like <laughs> finishing and tracking everything. It's just like, all right, we've done all we can, and yeah. but you've still got several months, and sometimes up to like a year until people are gonna hear some stuff. You know? And also because I know I'm gonna talk about it, and yeah. I, all I want to do is just start doing something new or like mm. doing something fresh. But it, it, doing that kind of, kind of like detracts or, or, or moves me away from like the emotional mindset of what it was to do it you know so yeah. it kind of makes everything like what we're doing right now a bit more difficult but it's good now I can now I can officially move on a, a little bit yeah <laughs> <laughs> well the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing people oh this is a brand new song we're going to play that's it's at least six months old by the <laughs> yeah. time you perform hey yeah. that's it smoke and mirrors yeah that's, that's, that's it that's it, that's it. So I begin these by tracing back the initial interest in music, specifically where it changed from being something that maybe you were watching on TV, listening to on the radio, something like that, to being something that switched on for you. It was like, this is what I want to do. I want to sing. I want to play guitar. I want to be in a band, all that sort of thing. Like, uh, how did music kind of factor into your childhood? And uh, I guess, was there any particular moment for you that kind of made you realize that this was thing you wanted to pursue. I can't say there was any particular moment, mm. but as far as my childhood goes, my sister played classical piano from a very early age, so there was always actual, there was this, the, that, that sort of um, studying music side of things. Yeah. But then we were always, we grew up listening to a lot of music around the house, yeah. we lo- watched Rage every weekend, sure. so it's kind of, uh, that was always around, and then I I don't know, it kind of just, there was just an interest there. And I, and I remember being about 12, 11 or 12, and I just, I think I was, ex- I think my dad was explaining to me the difference between lead and rhythm guitars, or we just having a, right. a conversation. I just, I decided I wanted to noodle around and play, play with, play guitar, you know, and get a, get a guitar. So there was, it was sort of more um, peers at school and around who were playing things made me want to give it a go as well sure where did you go in Perth right yeah like uh, suburban suburban yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of a little bit further out from the city so uh, when I was quite young I sort of lived on a five acre sort of quasi bush sort of property yeah and then sort of moved a little bit more suburban and so I had like a had like a kind of uh, yeah a pretty suburban upbringing. But. Yeah. How old are you? I'm 31. Right. So you've been coming up around like Luke Steele, Justin Burford, Panda Band, all that sort of stuff. You bet. Yeah, yeah. You've seen that sort of stuff yeah, going yeah. on at the same time. Yeah. God, Institute Palais, so much good stuff coming around. Great stuff, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And there was that. You remember that doctor? Something in the water. I know, I haven't even seen it. Yeah. But right. I've, I've heard. A lot about it, and it's still it's still referenced, you know. I think. Yeah. But I guess that's the point, isn't the the, the name is is like a, a reference to what journalists 
used to say about Perth all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there was that period where there was so much stuff coming out of there. Your little birdies, end of fashion, yeah. Sleepy Jackson. Like, yeah. yeah, all those acts I just mentioned, all that sort of stuff was kind of blowing up. Well, the first band I saw live was the Sleepy Jackson. Yeah, wow. So it makes it pretty special. I've, sub- I've since then uh, become friends with... Um, Malcolm Clark who played yeah, drums yeah, yeah. and so he was watching us play on the weekends uh, at Laneway and there was a moment there where I thought wow this is crazy like this band that I grew up idolising or, or being a big part of, of my kind of musical upbringing yeah, one of its members is right there you kind of like and you sort of build these relationships but that sort of is how the Perth music scene I, I feel yeah. sort of works what was it like for you, like growing up and, and going out to shows in that area? Was it that was it the kind of thing where everyone knows everyone? You know, everyone's in everyone else's bands, all that sort of stuff. Well, I think when I first started, so apart from the because I saw I saw um, the Sibby Jackson at the Big Day Out. Yeah. yeah R.I.P. Big Day Out. Um, but then when I first started actually going out to shows sort of more like local shows less sort of the big festival ones it was sort of from the outside looking in I would see bands like The Silence and oh. Sugar Army and, and, and bands like that Silence, yeah that's <laughs> and then when I started playing music it was definitely the opposite it, it didn't take long to kind of for everyone who I would play with in bands and support and and on bills they just became all my friends and, and yeah. my friendship group from university slash high school or whatever would just slowly slowly morphed into being like I moved away from them and more towards all the people I had met in, in the music scene and that kind yeah. of became that family I guess sure yeah. when was the first time you played live do you remember uh, I played it at an open mic night but that is to say I did not play an acoustic guitar set yeah. as I <laughs> swore to myself that I, uh, I would avoid at all costs <laughs> uh, I played like a little two piece show at an open mic, mic night at Mojo's yeah, Many years ago, yeah. What were you playing back then? Just, just like, no, no, original songs. Yeah, yeah. But just loud, as loud as they could possibly be. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who were you playing with? I just had a friend from high from high school. <coughs> Guitar and drums thing. Yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah. So did that become a band after that, or it kind of it kind of morphed a bit into something else, and but yeah, it just sort of through that I met other people and. Uh, and then an, a, a friend from high school who was a great bass player I, I'd asked him to come and play with us for a, for a long time but yeah, yeah. he'd always said oh no no, no I'm, I've got my own thing going on but then he saw us play and said oh no this, this is pretty cool like yeah I'll jump on that so it's kind of like this sort of natural thing yeah. and from the, it's kind of like I feel like for many years every weekend it was just shows or going to shows or playing shows and yeah. up until now yeah. yeah so what kind of bands been around in performance like Oh, I don't know if I want to name any of these bands that oh, I was Oh, were they that bad? Well, not that they were bad, but I don't know. I think I think I'll keep the paper trail uh, as as <laughs> as, uh, as papery as uh, possible. <laughs> but there were there were a few bands. I, yeah, that's all. That's all I'll say there. <laughs> you went in like shitty like new metal bands or like roots no, rock no, bands no. or anything like that. No, no, no. It was just like it was just kind of rock rock music. Or yeah, like, right. 
nothing worth writing home about. But there was a real, there was a real uh, jam band uh, kind of maybe one summer or a couple of years where it seemed like everyone was 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 in jam bands. Yeah, and, sure. Kevin Parkinson. Yeah, well, it was it was kind of like it, it was he was guilty of it sort of as well yeah, more than totally. more than like it being because of him. It was like all his friends and all their all of their friends, like all the pond guys, and, mm. and then everyone was just kind of it's like the summer of love or something. It was yeah. quite funny. Everyone, yeah. A lot of my friends remember it. It was just yeah, it was it was good, and so it was sort of around that time. That was circles and theirs crossover much? Is that, is that classic Perth thing? It's just like, you must know everyone from Perth. Well, no, they, they definitely do crossover, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But they were, they were sort of, when I started playing, they were kind of starting to be touring more out of Perth. Yeah, sure. Like the Mink Muscle Creek stuff, I think, had just ended or was kind of ending. Yeah. So they definitely crossed, crossed over mm. a bit. Yeah. When was the first Metal show? It was, uh, do you know RTRFM, our local community yes, radio station? Yes, yes, yes. They, they had a, they've got like their radio, they had their Radiothon uh, show coming up and the music director at the time, Dr. Adam Trainer, I believe, yes. he just emailed and said, hey, because I'd just been sending in my music to community radio stations around Australia just as like part of just trying to see if people would play my music. And, yeah. He he championed it for a little bit, and, but I'd never played. And he said, "Yeah, do you want to do you want to come and play?" Not knowing that I didn't actually have a band, and yeah, I put it together a band for that show. And since then, that's kind of like, yeah, it's been partially a band and partially a studio. Yeah, right, right, right. So, with those people you're playing with then, are you still playing with them now, or has it kind of been like a more of a revolving door thing? No, at the at the time, I was I was playing with a friend of mine, Amber Fresh in her band Rabbit Island okay so I asked her to come and play because yeah. we were kind of like doing, playing a lot of music together and yeah, yeah, yeah. hanging out quite a bit and then also I uh, was friends and a fan of another band that was playing a lot in Perth at the time called Diana's have you heard of them? I can't say I have yeah you should check them out they're really good so Caitlin and Natalie from Diana's came and played yeah, and yeah, then yeah. a friend of mine Sam Ma who I think now maybe is playing drums with Meg Mack oh right uh, the steel drum guy? Yeah, the hand Played in boat show. Yeah, 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 yeah played yeah, in boat yeah. show. And yeah. him, yeah. So he, him and Ben McDonald, who plays in boat show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We used to play in a, in a band together as well. So, oh, but um, yeah. So, so, so that was the that was the band. Because because Sam, Ben, and I used to play in a. We used to be the band for a, a girl called Grace Woodruff. Who used to yeah yeah, 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 yeah. We did a bit of touring with her. So yeah. That was what it was. Yeah. God, you could really trace. I think there's somebody in Perth who's um, who's working on or has has built like a like a tree diagram or one of those you know we, we, yeah, a, a map of, yeah. of all of the bands and how everyone's kind of linked together. I reckon Joel Martin would be probably in the epicenter of that yeah, somewhere. Sure. You got Forum and then you got Tideline yeah. and then Boat Show as well. So yeah. Joel, actually, I, I found I, I, I won't actually because I didn't reveal any of the names of my original bands. But I found yeah. I remember Joel gave me a CD at a show one time in Fremantle. He's like EP or this burnt CD of the first band that became Foam. And, Crazy. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, he's a really lovely guy. Oh, he's so nice. Yeah. <laughs> Classic, I find one person from Perth that I can just mention as many acts as I know and just like, yeah, obviously you know what we're Yeah, yeah, obviously. <laughs> Goes to that And story. I'm hardly even, I mean, I don't really, I haven't been out to shows for a long time, so I kind of, kind of, I'm a little bit out of that. But yeah, if they're, if they're kind of, Old and old enough. I'm yeah, sure yeah. that. I'm <laughs> sure that yeah. Totally, yeah. yeah, totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. So things wrap up with the, the previous bands and things start taking off with Maplethor. At what point, like, is is Maplethor the first band you play outside of Perth with? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh uh, no! Apart from being when playing with Grace Woodruff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That was the first tour I did uh, outside of Perth. Yeah. Right. And it was fun. It was so fun and so exciting. Yeah. What do you remember about that? Like, uh, what what shows we played? We actually, it was it was funny because the the first tour that I did outside of Perth was we supported Matt Corby on this huge Enmore yeah, right. theatre, like yeah, yeah, yeah. the Tivoli. I think it was the Tivoli. Yeah, like the Forum. So we were just sort of watches like theatres. Yeah, it was yeah. crazy, and it was such good fun. And I must say, we were a really we were a good band, and it was. I think we did a really good job, and you were playing guitar. Yeah, I was playing yeah. guitar, and I, I love and I miss playing just playing guitar, playing like an instrument in yeah. in someone else's band. Yeah, it's I find it to be so so fun. What's Grace doing now? Did she change her name or something? I think. Well, unfortunately, we kind of parted ways, not on the best of terms. Yeah, right. Um, but, you know, but I'm pretty sure she changed her name, and she's still. I think she might even live in Sydney. Yeah, right. Um, but she's a talented girl. Yeah. And I think she's still doing it, yeah. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, what about in terms of the Methylethyl stuff? Like, at what point did that start kicking off? So like, after that first show? We were actually, after, I think Sam went went away to hand pan around the world. <laughs> <laughs> and Those videos fucking blown me away yeah, every they, time I see them on Instagram. Crazy. <laughs> and uh, Ben wasn't in the group, and it was... I actually, no, actually, I think Grace asked me, can you get a band together for this other tour? Yeah. It was actually to support Alt-J, I think it was. Oh, wow. At yeah. a couple of more. <laughs> it's crazy. We played all these huge shows. Yeah. And then, um, so so I got, at the time I was playing with Tom and Chris, who still play with us. Yeah, yeah. And I just thought, oh, maybe we should tack on like a couple of shows around this tour. So I think around that time, I don't know when it was, but we just snuck in. To snuck a couple of our own methylethyl shows, one in Sydney, one in Melbourne. Yeah, what crashed in someone's. We're all crashed in someone's dorm room, I think, on one of the places, and then <laughs> someone else's. Yeah, someone's couch in Newtown. It was that. Yeah, we're really we're trying to. We're, we're just sort of sneaking sneaking a few gigs in, really, in the in the, in the biggest possible sense. What do you remember about those early shows in particular? Like, uh, was it still kind of finding your footing in terms of like? You know, being a frontman after being like a side guy for a while. Well, I mean, I I'd always kind of played. I, I'd sort of fronted my own bands, but a kind of the other band that I was in, which I just was like not really happy with it. It kind of became maybe I lost control of it, or, or just became something I I wasn't proud to represent anymore. So I think the metal shows were just so fresh and so fun, and. There was nobody there, but it was just—it it just was good, good fun. Yeah. And I think the thing about Chris and Tom still to this day is like they really, they really were were into it and really kind of 
felt like they cared they cared about it because you know it was it's essentially was my my thing and, and they were on board but yeah yeah it was just I just remember it being really good fun yeah totally I mean at what point do you start noticing things kind of picking up and, pe- and things changing like we always say like you know a band in your scene has made it when people you don't know start coming to shows yeah that's, that's <laughs> fair enough well the thing is that I like I kind of s- from the first time I started playing music I would never text anybody or tell anybody about the shows I play for some really, reason yeah. I'm not and it's so bad obviously promoters especially for the for when you know you're not going to pull any crowds they always like tell all your friends but I just there's something about that I just couldn't do so firstly I didn't really ever know anyone even if there were no one at the shows, you know, so... Yeah. But, um, I think for me, the, the kind of... I, I know... Having played at places like the Enmore with Grace and supporting other bands there, it's sort of been, like, a, one of the, like... Like, a huge... Not a goal that I've been striving towards, but to be able to have announced... That we're playing to be playing there on our own accord yeah. in June, I think, is one time where I've noticed, oh shit, like things must to get to that stadium must be going yeah, right. It's like a full circle thing, totally. But I feel like a bit of a like a like a like a crustacean boiling uh, itself to death, you know, it's yeah. been so slow and over such a slow amount of time and I've been in it that it's never I've mean, I've tried to avoid or I haven't really noticed that like that anything huge is really you know, yeah. it's and, and I, I don't like to think about it. Yeah. But. I mean, like, it's one thing to, you know, just you know, be just casual, like, not casual, but like, you know, just a touring band, you know, just trying to make your way in the world to, you know, like, hearing yourself on the radio yeah. and then, you know, like, hearing yourself on the radio again and then again yeah. and then again. It's just like, it, it must be a surreal feeling, like, uh, having this, you know, growing fan base that's still, like, Pretty rapidly developing is yeah. your writing and recording, and you know. Well, I feel like my my curse in it all is that when I hear myself on the radio or when I play a show, I'm I'm thinking so technically about what it is. Like I'm listening to the song, I'm, I'm thinking of the show, and, and it kind of I get bogged down in saying, "Oh, I just don't." There's something about the you know about the song that I would want to do better. Oh, you, your own biggest yeah, credit, yeah. yeah. So that's all I hear and all I see, and it's the, on on days like today, being like the day of the release of the album. Yeah. You know, I'll I'll have a glass of champagne or a or a, you know a beer or, or and there'll be a moment where I think I'll, I'll let myself kind of look at, at it all. Yeah. And think, wow, this is really great. I'm really happy, and I am really happy with what's happened. But I try and, I try to just be pragmatic about everything and yeah, and just look to better myself or something yeah no sure I mean do you feel like you've been able to navigate in terms of like stage presence and like being more confident in terms of like the the performance and the show that you're giving like it's easy to like criticise a recorded thing but you know like I guess something as adaptable and as as fluid as as a live performance you can look at something and just like okay Here's what we're doing. I, this is the level I want to be at. You know, kind of working towards towards that as, a, as like a live. Yeah, you're right. It is. It is a, like the recorded product. Like the recording thing is is like very easy to to change. I think with the with the live with the live stuff, 
the thing I'm most critical now of, or the thing I'm trying to work on, and, and what I think about is is my own like state of mind going into it because we we rehearse really hard and we and we we work on all of those like technical aspects of things. But mm. I find that as far as performance goes, I'm not going to all of a sudden like David Bowie and turn on some sort of character. Yeah. But there's reserving some something for for myself and also knowing that if I kind of if I'm not sort of base like basically positive going into the show like it's just not gonna it's gonna be bad for for everybody so I'm, it's like trying to manage my own I don't know personality when it comes to the live yeah. show do you feel like there's you know kind of mounting pressure especially in an environment like festivals I know you've played a lot over the last year or so and you know you'll look out and there's just like it's as far as the eye can see you know just people coming and you know like that people are waiting to hear like your song like it's like it's a moment like it's a moment of the entire festival for these but it's funny though because like there could be that many people and those that many people could exactly be feeling how you're describing but to to me and to us it always feels like the most disengaged yeah. amount of people, and so that that straight away is something that makes you think, well, like, what am I? What's what's even the point? Like, why would we even bother? Like, care if if? But so it's it's kind of it's sort of managing that thing and just and sort of keeping yourself keeping myself enough like in it to 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 sort of be able to push that sort of thing out, mm, mm. like. Does it does being in an environment where you know it's like apart from like support acts and stuff like that in like a festival environment or anything like that any environment where people haven't come specifically to see you do you navigate that by like I don't know like broadening the performance a bit or like working harder to kind of get people like engaged and involved with what you're doing like maybe someone would just be walking past at the time and then something you do would like catch their eye or catch their attention or something like that it's just like oh I'm going to stay here and I'm going to watch this band I think I think when I lose faith in what I'm doing that's when all those thoughts start to slip in of like oh this isn't you know it's, it's more just it's more believing that the, the, the show or the songs are are good or like what the band is doing is is good and just sticking to that and like kind of like just stick to sticking to the game plan in a way because we sort of we've put the work in to get it to a point and and we're really happy with it and then once it comes to that that sort of crunch time it's just I guess maybe going off script is something that I enjoy doing and and like going with the flow but I think when it comes to festivals it's like a totally different beast yeah and and they're, they're things that just have to kind of... It's more just getting the show up and running in the 45 minutes or so. You have to kind yeah. of build it, have it go off without without any problems, and then hope for the best. Yeah. yeah. By means of contrast, how do you feel like the, the headlining shows have developed, especially as you've been adapting to bigger and bigger mm-hmm. rooms and, like I said, playing to more people... You know, especially in this context that have specifically come to see you. Well, we haven't in this uh, as this new like kind of five piece group. We've only really played, I think, two two club shows. Right. That's not festivals, so it's still kind of adapting. But I think it's just pacing. I think having a bit more time to just to sort of 
let everything breathe is 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 something that uh, I, I I enjoy watching shows, so I try to sort of put in yeah. uh, having things be sort of no dead air, but also something that kind of has a momentum mm. that's not all going at one speed, but yeah. just sort of yeah. Nicely. Talk me through the current setup then. Like, uh, are you still playing guitar? Or yeah, 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 I'm yeah. playing guitar. Yeah. Uh, so I'm playing guitar and singing. Obviously, uh, Jacob Diamond is playing guitar and singing as well. Okay. Tom's moved from bass to keys. Just so he, keys. Yeah. So he plays. Yeah. Uh, like, like a Nord and a Prophet synthesizer. Yeah, right, right, right. Uh, Chris is sampling stuff and playing drums, mm-hmm. and so you have a new bass player. New bass player is Lyndon Blue, who is also playing bass synthesizer. Oh, cool. sometimes with his feet, which is what? oh, cool. like yeah, with pedals and shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. nice. Mm. It's good. To, it's good setup. I think it's really, it's nice to be able to be completely in control of of everything at any time, and, yeah. and playing with these guys is really good fun. So it was kind of built out of a necessity of like, built, like adding more and more into the music that would, you know, in order to replicate that without the use of like tracks and sequences and stuff like yeah. that, it's, it's better to have like more hands on deck. Well, I, I, I love sampling. Like, I think sampling is a really, and, and tonight I'm, I, I built like a solo rig that I'm playing in the record store tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is all just like kind of using samples and stuff. Yeah, so sick. I have no problem with sampling. I just think I think track track is like kind of a, it's something that is just around. It's sort of yeah, pretty ubiquitous. And the way that it's dealt with is just um, I just think it should be dealt with more like sampling. Sure. So so we do that. We we, we sample stuff. Nice. And always have. And I think that um, the. The first record, everything, like I said, the first band was a five-piece, and everything's always been... I've recorded without the thought of how many people. It's just however big or I want to make it. So now it's, it's more just that the bank account affords us to travel with five people more yeah. than anything else. Those flights from Perth aren't cheap. <laughs> They're not cheap, no. <laughs> not at all. All right, so we'll wrap it up here, but before we do that, I ask this to all of my guests, now to return, Jake, I want to know about the best and worst shows that you've ever played in your entire life. Okay. The, you know, the best show is hard because I think I think there's been a lot of really nice shows. I think some of the some of the best shows I ever played was uh, with Amber and uh, in Rabbit Island in mm. people's backyards. Yeah, nice. That's really special. That stuff. Yeah, totally. And and any show that kind of is sort of high pressure that, as in like the pressure we put on ourselves to to, to, to not mess mess it up is, is is really good when it kind of then then the team gets rallies together and we, we yeah. make it happen. So. But the worst show, oh, I had a show one time in a band that I, I don't know I just was hating the band I was in so much that like I ended up like pretty obnoxiously like just like smashing my guitar but like just by throwing it over my shoulder and just like kind of like storming off the yeah, stage wow. and like not only was it a bad show because I hated it so much but I felt so like such an idiot for doing such a throwing such a hissy fit instantly yeah yeah that it kind of I'm haunted by attitudes like that yeah, yeah. 
Well, yeah, and it was fun. I, was, I was just like so, so wanting out of that. Yeah, I don't know, but that's just a memory that I have. And you know, we we we, we live and we learn. Yes. Uh, but there you go. I think that's a couple of answers for you. That works. Jay, Metal Apple, they have a new album out. What's it called? Triage. Triage. I love it. Is that French? Well, I guess suppose it is. <laughs> and you're going on tour. Yes. It's June. Yeah, we'll be around Australia in June. Yeah. Fantastic. And tickets are on sale now? I think so. I'm assuming so. <laughs> I think so. Uh, though we are by the time... Well, they might be sold out by the time <laughs> you hear this, so go double-check, people. Make, make sure you get on that shit. Jake, thank you so much for your time today, man. really appreciate it. No, thanks. It's been good fun. Absolute pleasure. I'm David James Young, and all my friends in Barbara.